Welcome to the Dell EMC Energy Power Chat podcast series, where you hear from the experts about energy IT transformation. Welcome to part two of our two-part Energy Power Chat on energy and security. Our guests are Mr. Julian Alfred and Mr. Stefan Voss. In part one, we covered the threats that face the energy industry. Let's pick up the conversation and discuss assessing the risk and solutions. Well, guys, I think we've done a wonderful job scaring all our listeners in identifying the wide variety of threats that are out there. So let's move on to solutions. And Stefan, let's start with you. How do energy IT organizations assess this risk and form a plan to manage the risk? Yeah, sure. And look, the reality of the threat landscape is what it is. So it's not about inducing fear. It's just dealing with a reality. But the good news is we do have approaches and solutions to deal with them very effectively. What we always say is including oil and gas, every vertical, every company ought to think about taking a risk-based approach for the oil and gas vertical. This needs to be inclusive of operational technology. So you can't just focus on IT. And then the question generally that gets asked is what are my business critical processes? Not so much applications, but obviously applications, underlying infrastructure can then get mapped against those critical processes. And then it allows me to prioritize my investment around that really critical business process because we can never do everything. And then the question is more, where are my soft spots? And, you know, oftentimes companies, including, of course, oil and gas use frameworks like NIST, where you basically have a continuum anywhere from prevention all the way to incident response and data recovery. And I've seen many companies take a very pragmatic approach. They'll deploy red teams to essentially do ethical hacking and find vulnerabilities across that continuum to then expose where do I have exposure categorized by high risk, medium risk, low risk, to then really just prioritize my investment. I think that's a good approach to stay a little bit pragmatic about the investment that I might consider downstream. And then, of course, we have tools to facilitate that activity. But that's typically how successful companies do it. They really look at their cyber risk maturity across this continuum and then make the de-investments based on that as they execute their cyber resiliency roadmap. Are there any established models or templates that can be used to assess this risk? We have the benefit of our strategically aligned businesses that we've thought these things through. And RSA is a perfect example, probably familiar with the Archer tool. Archer is obviously a tool that can allow you to also govern everything I just described. But alongside with that tool, they established a very nice maturity model that essentially just outlines that framework that I talked about. So basically gives you the ability to work with some of the experts at RSA to to go through and take a snapshot of where am I in my maturity across these specific dimensions, and then where do I consider doubling down? It's a combination of the continuum all the way from prevention to recovery to find the soft spots overlaid almost with, you know, your business critical process is where you then can hone in on specific investments in technologies, processes, people. That's the framework that a lot of our customers use. And Stefan, staying with you, what Dell products are available to assist with these threats? There are too many to list. So the way I always describe it is, number one, just know that we have a method and, of course, tools 
to help you prioritize your investment. So that's often something that is underfunded. We oftentimes just jump to a specific technology investment. And that's nice, but you know, if I don't narrow it down and really focus on the high risk areas, that's probably not the best strategy. And, and that's where from a product perspective or an offering perspective, RSA Archer can help and the maturity model can help prioritize my investment. That's number one. And then I always compartmentalize it between left of breach and right of breach. Again, even there, too many to list, but left of breach is really mainly about how do I deal with this disappearing perimeter? How do I deal with billions of security alerts and my skill shortage? That's where actually SecureWorks does a wonderful job combining advanced threat detection tools, including RSA NetWitness and so forth, to then feed it into their counter threat unit. And the benefit there, it's not just one oil and gas company, but it's the combination of many, many customers that they work with. So they get this crowdsourcing of this intelligence combined with the data scientists. And of course, they've been using AI forever. And it really helps them rule out the knowns so they can really focus on the stuff that's outside of those AI algorithms where where really the humans do the best job. I don't want to call it staff augmentation, but it's the data scientists, the managed services that really helps you whittle down billions of signals to 50 specific alerts that you need to take action on. And you focus your cyber experts internally really on that work. So it's a good way to be very focused and very effective. And then, of course, there's the right of breach. So to Julian's example, something comes in. However, whether it's collateral damage through a supply side injection attack or a business email compromise, left of breach, that's kind of what we just talked about. But at some point, the ransomware or the wiper attack will get activated and triggered. And oftentimes that's 300 days later. And then the question is, how do we deal with that? And this is where data recovery, so all of our data protection, generically speaking, whether that's recovering using a PowerMax snap or SRDF or our data protection suite, those are technologies we use from a data recovery perspective, and we have ways to harden those. And then, of course, put them in the context of cyber attacks. But any data recovery needs to be in context of an overall incident response. So we have offerings from SecureWorks and RSA to do tabletop exercises. So, yes, I have my technology stack here to do the data recovery. But is Bruce Hall over here prepared to deal with these types of attack? So it's, in other words, really just the cyber recovery runbook, the process and people part that goes along with the data recovery tools, if you will, in the context of specific cyber attacks. Julian, turning back to you, can you share any energy customer success stories, how they've assessed and dealt with this risk? So Bruce, as you can imagine, no company likes to admit, at least publicly anyway, that they suffered a breach. So I won't actually use their names. Now, there are two examples, I think, that could be interesting for us to discuss. Now, the first example is from the exploration and production arm of a large oil and gas company. Now, they had several tens of thousands of their computers crippled by an attack in an apparent effort to disrupt production operations. Now, when the company finally approached RSA, that's one of the Dell Technologies security divisions Stefan talked about earlier, we were able to use our security analytics solutions to determine the nature of the attack and to trigger the correct response and recovery action. Now, suffice to say, the attack didn't have the intended outcome, and that is to affect production operations. But it could have spread to more critical infrastructure if the company wasn't able to act as quickly as they did with our help. 
By also then continuing to use security analytics, the company was now in a better position to detect, to identify threats more rapidly so that incidents could be more easily prevented or contained. And Stefan kind of laid that out when he talked about the security frameworks about how attacks get launched and you know, how they get spun up. You know, there's usually a period of time where perhaps nothing happens before the attack actually occurs. But before the attack occurs, there are probably a number of things that security analytics could pick up, could detect, and that could trigger a response that stops the damaging effects intended by the attack. Another example is where an oil and gas company was able to use Dell Technologies SecureWorks Threat Intelligence to quickly identify the nature of the attack they were experiencing. Stefan had mentioned the value of crowdsourcing threat intelligence earlier. So when the attack started, it was targeting their networks, the oil and gas company knew something was wrong with their systems, but short of switching everything off, which doesn't fix the issue long-term, of course, they couldn't work out how to respond at first, but Armed with the threat intelligence from SecureWorks, they were able to match the characteristics of the attack to specific malware, which then meant they could apply the right remedial action quickly and confidently with minimal disruption. So those are two examples I would use. The first one was really about the value of security analytics to detect the occurrence of patterns that are disrupting operations and then fixing it. And then the second example was really about the benefit of having the crowdsourced threat intelligence to help companies look at what's happening to their systems when they're under attack and to then match the characteristics of the attack to a specific malware or type of attack. And then they now know what course of action to take uh, more confidently. Stefan Voss, Julian Alfred, you've given us a wealth of information about the energy sector and cyber threats within that sector and security and products to respond to those threats. Where can listeners learn more about these threats and Dell's response to them? If you just Google Dell security transformation, you'll find a wealth of high-level overview, how the pieces fit together, and it's inclusive of IoT and sort of relevant topics. So that's certainly something I, I would recommend. Obviously, RSA, SecureWorks will have their own sites, and I mention them because they always have very good reports on the state of cybercrime, specifically some of the data points I just mentioned coming out of the SecureWorks counter threat unit. I would highly recommend those reports. And then, of course, you know, if you're interested in the data recovery piece and just kind of some of the additional steps we've taken there. Perhaps you want to look up Dell EMC Cyber Recovery, which is just uh, one way you can apply our data protection in the context of cybersecurity. So Stefan already mentioned the two key websites, the RSA website, www.rsa.com, and the SecureWorks website, www.secureworks.com. So I recommend people go to each of these sites, click on the Solutions tab, and you'll see lots of material there. Now, the two areas I would pick out are, number one, look at the area about how to detect and respond to advanced cyber threats. And the second area I think is worth looking at is improving endpoint security. And there's also a section on the RSA site on how to address supply chain risk and resilience. Now, this is very important because even if your own systems are bulletproof, if your suppliers of equipment and personnel aren't properly protected, then any disruption to their operations as a result of cyber action could cascade onto your operations too. Now, Stefan talked about this earlier. Supply chain risk is really an important area to keep covered. Julian Alfred, responsible for sales enablement within our global energy division, and Stefan Voss, founder of the Cyber Recovery Practice. Thanks so much for all this great information on security and cyber recovery within the energy sector. Any final thoughts? And Julian, why don't we start with you? 
So think holistically about how you defend against cyber attacks. Focus on both data center security as well as security at the edge. Build what I would call a five-point strategy to protect your business. Number one, secure your endpoints. Number two, secure your networks, including wireless. People sometimes think like that. Secure your data when it's collected at the edge, when in transit, and when it's in core data centers. Each of these states needs different types of protection. Number four, I'd probably say augment your cybersecurity team skills with industry security intelligence to keep up to date with the latest threats out there. For example, I'd recommend having a look at the Red Cloak Threat Detection and Response Solution from SecureWorks. And the fifth thing would be always connect cybersecurity to business risk. In other words, assess the value of each category of data and system and then apply the right security solution to it. And Stefan, any final thoughts? Julian covered it all. Perfect. The only thing I would add is make sure that you don't think of recovery and data recovery as, yeah, you know, that's my IT guys. They have it. Put it into the context of incident response. Make it part of your security posture. And then lastly, uh, take a pragmatic approach. Don't try to get the business impact down to the financial dollar. Uh, of course, that's valuable. Once you understand your business critical system or process that you're trying to protect, really categorize things in terms of t-shirt sizes and risk, you know, high, medium, and low, because that is often good enough. And it will give you an idea where to narrow down your investment. And then, of course, if you want to do sort of a more detailed financial business impact analysis there, sure, I think that's valuable. But sometimes I just feel like we obsess over getting the numbers right, and then we are a little bit gun shy of making any investment. So I would say any sort of investment in the roadmap, in the key areas, is better and just start somewhere. All right. Great stuff. Julian and Stefan, thank you so much for all this great information. And hopefully we can have you back on a future Energy Power Chat. Thanks, Bruce. Love to come back. Thanks, Bruce. 